What's up guys, it's Tor from the Egg Tor Podcast and welcome back. Today, me and Ethan, we're talking about a little movie you might have heard about, Across the Spider-Verse. Just a just a little little tiny project. Yeah. Just nothing too crazy. Small little indie film off to the side. <laughs> flew under everybody's radar. Definitely um, not the most anticipated comic book movie of the year. On our timely schedule, keeping to our word this time. Two posts, two podcast episodes within a span of like what a month. A year? Who, who are these guys? <laughs> who are they? Who are these guys? We're gonna give you guys our thoughts on Across the Spider-Verse. We're going to do the first section non-spoiler, and then later in the episode we'll get into spoilers so that if you haven't seen it, you have some content to listen to, and if you have seen it, you can listen to the whole damn thing. Or if you don't care, you can still listen to it. You're a psychopath if you do that, but <laughs> just do whatever you gotta do. <laughs> turn it on, turn the volume all the way down, and just repeat it all day. All day. So, what'd you think of this movie, Ethan? I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I gave it a 5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. That was straight out the theater. I opened up Letterboxd and was like, boom, 5 out of 5. And I thought it was... Into the Spider-Verse was my favorite Spider-Man movie at the time. And as you can imagine, Across the Spider-Verse topped that tenfold. Um, they did everything that, the, that Into the Spider-Verse did and then they just multiplied it in terms of making it better. I genuinely can't think of any flaws or like plot holes that they had in the movie. Um, I guess the only thing is that the soundtrack is more forgettable in comparison to the originals. I thought the action was very well paced. I thought the storytelling was great. I was like tearing up multiple times throughout the movie. I liked the focus on Gwen more than Miles. Not that I dislike Miles or anything, but they're not solely focusing on one protagonist there's multiple people that can pose as the main character of the story because it's a spider people story and there's a lot of protagonists too that have a different point of view on what the narrative has to say i thought it was amazing as well now ethan gave it a five out of five personally for me i have some very niche rules about giving things like a perfect score just because re-watching things for me is a big key factor that goes into that and when you watch something the first time not saying this applies to this across the spider-verse you know the first time you see it you're engaged you're watching you want to know what happens next for me a perfect movie you can go through again and still be just as thrilled to go through it and you know pay attention to every story beat nothing feels slow but that's just me that's my personal opinion i gave this a nine on letterboxd in my personal opinion right now it's like a 9.5 but i see that changing I don't see how it stays the same after a rewatch. I thought this film was god tier, man. <laughs> after this rewatch, I'm seriously thinking it's going to be in my top five movies of all time. Oh, um, yeah, it's a movie of the year contender. Easily. <clears throat> I think it may be my favorite Spider Man movie, which it's hard to do because I love Spider Man 2 so much. Tobey Maguire <laughs> Spider Man 2. And after this movie, I was like, damn. Toby's finally got some competition. <laughs> but Come on, you mean Amazing Spider-Man 2 isn't going to beat <laughs> Spider-Man 2? <laughs> but no, I thought, going off what Ethan said, I thought everything was improved upon from the original, which I thought was insane, impossible to do. And then I saw this movie and I was like, they can do it. The animation was insane. The amount of work that had to go into animating this entire movie I don't know how they did it, but... No. You know the, the spider people chase? Oh, 
Well, that's everybody kind of knows. It's this. in the trailer. Yeah. It's, it, it's in the trailer. So the Spider People Chase animation scene took them four years to animate. I just saw that on Twitter today. Really? It took them four years, and it took Haley Steinfeld four years to do voice recordings for it. Yeah, they've been they've been cooking this movie for a minute because I think Into the Spider Verse came out in 2018. So yeah, it's about they they went straight into recording. I thought that was amazing. And, you know, it's just got to be the eighth wonder of the world at this point. Like Honestly. The way it's, like, this movie will put animation on the map for people to take it seriously as, like, a genre. A lot of people say that, oh, animations and cartoons are for kids, but, like, this does such a good job in terms of storytelling and just good action beats and just an overall good time. It, I don't know, man. Just this movie, the way it's animated, just the little, like, just how it looks, the drawing, just how the... Each like Spider Punk, how he's animated. Oh yeah, so distinct, very distinct, and I love every second of it. I think everybody should see this film, unless you're like eighty. You know, if you even like Spider, even if you're eighty, you should still see it. Yeah, I mean to be honest, if you've ever liked Spider Man, whether it's you've never seen a movie, never read a comic, you just like Spider Man, go see it. If you haven't, oh, yeah. if you don't even know who Spider Man is, learn who Spider Man is and go and watch this. I think this film. What's good about this film is it's a good movie in itself, as well as an amazing Spider-Man movie. You know, that's what I liked about Spider-Man 2 so much, is that it's a there's a story behind the Spider-Man story, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that story in this one is good, and the Spider-Man story in this is amazing. Like, I, I saw it last Thursday, the night it came out. And I cannot stop thinking about it. It is currently Wednesday the next week. And I have not stopped thinking about it. I have the soundtrack constantly playing in my car on the way to work. Honestly. Honestly. And I I can't get enough. I have to see this movie again. And I don't think that's going to be my junkie fix. I don't think it's going to be enough to cure my addiction to this. So. I'm rewatching Into the Spider-Verse tomorrow just so I can get a little fix going. But I know it's because like the the story beats are the same, but there there's some in in a sense there's more maturity or maturation to the plot in and of itself and that follows along with how Miles is. But it's it's just gonna feel so different and I know it won't scratch the itch that I'm looking for in terms of seeing what I saw with Across the Spider-Verse. I'm really looking forward to when I see this again because it's so good. I, I need to see it again like the with this universe or not universe but like this series of movies as with any of these comic book movies as of late you can get sucked into like the easter eggs and like bank on easter eggs selling your movie like with no way home it was a great movie but it banked on the nostalgia much like the flash it's banking on nostalgia with michael keaton's reappearance stuff like that but with Spider-Verse, they just use it as like a quick little nod and they don't do anything else. They're like, oh yeah, remember this Spider-Person? Or, oh, you read the comics or you've seen this? They just throw it in there like, oh, here, take a peek at this, enjoy it. But we still have like a main thing we're trying to tell you. So they're genuine Easter eggs, little tidbits that diehard fans and even casual fans will pick up on, which is super, super fun. Yeah, which we saw recently in the new Super Mario Bros. movie. There's tidbits and nods to other you know nintendo games nintendo franchises but they're not calling attention to it they're not saying like yeah. hey look this is your childhood if you were a 90s kid it's like hey it's in the background if you notice it cool if you don't there's still a movie here you know right like no way home specifically they 
pause the movie for you to clap when Toby and Andrew show up. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna cheer, but like, you halted the entire plot of the movie just to do a little, like, standing ovation for yeah, it's a like, quick Look play. how cool we are. We got this guy in here. Clap. They're, they're back. They're back. They're back. <laughs> Look, see, we did it. We did the thing that you guys wanted. Yes, I care, but I don't care enough for you to stop the movie. Spider-Verse, they say, they do a quick thing. They're like, hey, look at this. See it? Okay, no, you didn't. And then it's on to the next thing. We have a story to tell, like I said. Exactly. And you know, the the story in this movie, it does good. I want to rewatch Into the Spider-Verse again just to see how it compares. Because, you know, obviously, the original story, the End of the Spider-Verse story, is the original. You know? (laughs) I do think this one stands out completely. It does have the same story beats, but... Oh yeah. I think there's a completely different story being told from this one as into the Spider-Verse, which is a nice distinguishing factor that you like to see in trilogies because you don't like hearing the same story with better graphics, different animation, you know. Right, exactly. Cuz there's a there's a couple trilogies that kind of just reskin, well, I guess it's most trilogies where they just have your protagonist face up against the same essentially the same villain without changing the main story beats but like into the spider-verse is a coming of age story in comparison to across the spider-verse where it's more of a like i guess kind of like a self-discovery but i guess that's still the same because self-discovery comes with coming of age i don't know it's hard to describe i guess for me yeah i mean like i qualify like coming of age and self-discovery with the way these two movies have done it you can obviously see how different those are you know yeah this movie i would agree with you is self-discovery focused but mm. it's still different than the first one it stands out from the first one i guess is what i'm trying to say it's really hard so. to talk about this without spoiling it yeah the spoilers are because they do you think you have a gist of it going in but then it hits a point where you're like oh there's still more going there's a good chunk of the movie where they just don't show in the trailers i mean Believe it or not, that's kind of rare anymore. Most trailers just show you, okay, this is our whole movie. You kind of see beginning, middle. Here's a glimpse of the boss battle kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw that with Easy to Bash on Thor Love and Thunder. It's true. Everything. I was... mean, even Black Adam. Black Adam was pretty yeah. much all in the trailers. You I get think it's spoilers? spoiler time. Spoiler yeah, time? I think it's spoiler time. All right, perfect. So spoilers from here on out for the rest of Across the Spider-Verse. This is definitely a movie you should see. And when I'm, I say this, normally, the other times, I don't mean it. This time, I mean it. Honestly. I will beat you if you tell me <laughs> you haven't seen this movie and you listen past this point. I will find you. I'll beat you. Even you you listeners across the pond, we will buy a ticket to come see you. Yeah. Or we will, we will hire somebody to come take you out, honestly. We got analytics. I know generally what country you're from. <laughs> all right seriously though spoilers now enjoy i hope you enjoyed so far but we're gonna get into it because there's a lot to talk about with what they're building what's the first thing you want to mention i don't even know where to start i guess the the number one thing is to talk about is the fact that miles is an anomaly i thought that was crazy dude that was a crazy crazy turn of events but it makes so much sense because like it's been in front of our face the whole time kind of thing yeah so the only question i have is like is it canon to marvel that he's an anomaly or is it canon to this universe that he's an anomaly and by this universe i mean into the spider-verse in this one but the thing is with into the spider-verse everything is canon 
So this version of Miles is an anomaly, but there could be other versions of Miles that are not. Okay. But this one in particular is an anomaly. Okay. Cleared that up perfectly. Thank you. Because Miles 1610 interacted with that spider from Earth 42, and it, it they're they're brilliant. They've been playing this shit out since the beginning because that spider's been glitching and it bit Miles and that injected him with the DNA fighter DNA from Earth 42, which was what sent him back to Earth 42 rather than Earth 1610, his original world. I thought that was a very wonderful turn of events, and I thought that was so cool. I don't want to sound like a snob when I saw that coming, but like when he got in the go-home machine and it said Earth 42, I was like, oh my god. It makes so much sense because of the spider, and I feel like a snob saying that, but it, it was it was cool to see. That was really fun. Yeah, I thought it played an amazing part in the story as well, especially for this self-discovery theme that's kind of going on in this movie like you know everybody's telling him like dude you got to do this i guess i'll get into the bigger spoilers so towards the end of the film we find out the miles dad is going to die that is mm. you know there's a spider there's a figure close to spider-man in every single universe where somebody close to him dies who is a captain on the police force yeah it's a captain yeah captain and that's kind of how it goes so we find out that Miles' dad is going to die. And of course, Miles is like, screw you guys. I'm not letting this happen. Mm. And every other Spider-Man, which leads into the Spider-Man chase scene, is saying, you know, you need to let this happen. You need to let your dad die because that's what being Spider-Man is. And he's trying it's to fight responsibility. that. Yeah. And so he's trying to fight that and get back. And so the thing is is that everybody's telling him this is being spider-man you do what the universe dictates you to do it's not your story it's just fate this is gonna happen to you no matter what you cannot change that and you have to accept how it's gonna be and so the fact that you know he gets told that he wasn't supposed to be who he is basically telling him you're a mistake it's like your parents telling which, you you're a mistake which is what they he was saying miguel o'hara was saying and so it plays into that because it's towards the end of the movie he's got this whole spider universe the spider verse he finds out and he's like idolizes them he's like this is so cool i finally have somebody some place where i relate to other people because that was one of his issues early in the film is that he doesn't have anybody to relate to with this stuff and he comes to the spider verse and he's like there's a shit ton of people thousands and thousands of people who are just like me who are all Spider-Man and I can talk to them, I can come here, you know, quote unquote, when I want and interact with them, talk to them about problems I'm having being Spider-Man because I can't tell anybody else. And then pretty damn quickly after he gets there, he's told that you're not supposed to be a Spider-Man, you have to let your dad die. And when he's being himself, he's getting chased and attacked by all of them. I, I will mention, throughout the movie you see Miles is struggling not being around Peter B. Parker and Gwen anymore. And he wonders why, and he figures out about the Spider Society, and he's like, oh, I want to join, I've been doing this for so long, I basically think I... He starts listing off his skills, and he's so excited, he's like, oh, I have this, this, and this, I think I'd be a great asset to the team. And you as the viewer, even Miles, are wondering, like, why didn't they invite him? Because you find out that his his tagline name is Spider-Man India. I don't know his name. I can't remember his name. But Spider-Man India is like, yeah, I've only been doing this for six months. I'm so glad to be a part of the Spider Society. And Miles is like, I've been doing this for a year and a half. Why haven't you guys talked to me? So you it kind of gets put on the back burner for a while. And then you realize it's like, oh, it's because Miles is that anomaly to where he 
they don't want him in the spider society because he contradicts everything that they're fighting against. I think the the way that Miguel phrases and kind of guilt trips these spider people into not saving the people or saving people that they care about because of his experience, I think that is a very good plot point in terms of the entire thing because we find out Miguel O'Hara is leading the spider society and essentially controlling fate of the Spider-Verse because of what he did. He had a terrible interaction where he went to a world where Miguel O'Hara died and he replaced that version so he could have a family and daughter. By doing so, he caused that universe to collapse and he watched his daughter die in his arms and I thought that was... You see that guilt kind of run rampant through Miguel and kind of send him into his like manic controlling frenzy to get all these spider people to listen to him. So the entire movie you think that Miguel is in the right because of doing that but you're also like but Miles has a point to where you don't we don't know that we can still change fate and we can still make a story of my own. I'm not gonna fall into the loop that you did. So there's a good push and shove to where you understand both points of view, and I think that's what makes for a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's always, you know, an understandable and relatable antagonist to the protagonist. It always makes, like, Mm -hmm. a nice balance. I mean, you obviously root for the protagonist, but you're understanding the antagonist and being like, what the hell would I do in that scenario, you know? It was was really fun, and I think that's what makes most of the great movies great, as you said. I thought the great twist when Miles ended up on Earth-42, the Prowler being miles 42 rather than miles 1610 i thought that was so cool i love that twist the fact that he'll probably have to fight himself another metaphor which i'm sure we'll see and you see he's like hey man you gotta miles 1610 our miles talks to him and he's like hey man you gotta let me go i gotta save our dad and miles 42 goes no that's your dad i'm essentially saying i don't give a fuck what you do why are you here because he kind of has that look on his face like you took the spider from this universe kind of as if he knows he kind of knows that this is the reason why my world is the way it is because there's no he lost his dad there's a ton of crime there's no spider-man because again that spider is gone from that universe it was really cool yeah he said it i don't know exactly how he phrased it but miles is just like yeah let me go man i gotta go save our dad and he's like nah that's your dad my dad's dead something like yeah. that it puts it into perspective i don't want to say understandable because nobody out there is the prowler right now but this dude just shows up you just shows up you know your dad's been dead for how long you got no hero to save this city that's destroyed not destroyed yeah but crime it's, rampant. it's pretty pretty yeah it's pretty bad and this guy shows up and he's like dude you gotta let me go i gotta go save our dad from my dimension and basically stay there and not help you yeah i'm not gonna come and save your universe kind of thing but i thought oh the other thing we didn't really touch on the voice acting i think everybody was very well casted um shameek moore does a great job again as miles Haley steinfeld knocks him out of the park as when yes oscar isaac as miguel killed it perfect literally pick of the love century, that dude. pick of the century um daniel kaluuya as spider punk great couldn't understand what he was saying but still <laughs> fantastic i think one of the big issues they've had they had is i was gonna have this as a complaint but then i found this out today that it was kind of just like a theater thing if you guys have seen this movie in the beginning um when they're fighting the vulture from the renaissance era if you couldn't hear half of what he was saying, because I know I couldn't, apparently it was a theater issue because a lot of the, when they sent the film out, they were like, yo, play it at this volume. I think the specific volume was seven. And if a movie theater didn't play it, you wouldn't hear certain dialogue lines in certain scenes. Like they mentioned that vulture scene. I think there's a couple lines on the, the spider chase fight towards the end, the train. 
that yeah, Oscar that Isaac sense. delivered that you couldn't really hear. And I noticed that, and I was going to have it as a point, like, they could have toned down the volume, but now understanding that it's more of a movie theater thing, and a lot of people have been having that issue, it doesn't really detract from the film for me. The uh, the theater I saw it at, it wasn't too bad, because I kept seeing those complaints, and I was like, man, I hope it's not, like, a edit it wrong or whatever. Not that I assumed they did, but I was like, I wonder why I did that. But the theater I saw it in, it was, audio sounded great. They didn't mess anything up. But yeah, voice acting very well done uh jake johnson again peter b parker fantastic i don't know the woman's name that did um spider woman jess jess drew and then andy samberg actually did garlic spider uh ben riley great i would have liked to see more time with him but i'm nitpicking yeah the i thought it was great to see a peter parker like as a dad as a dad to both miles and his daughter Um, i think this is the first time we actually can see a more adult like spider-man in terms of being established and i think that's super super fun and i hope we get to see more of that and beyond the spider-verse with as much time as we spent with this abundant amount of spider people we kind of put our our side characters from the previous movie on the back burner but we had a lot to establish between the relationship between miles and miguel yeah i don't know if we mentioned this but there is a third movie this one ends on a pretty big cliffhanger i'm not mad about it at all i know a lot of people no. were upset about it i thought it was i don't gonna- know why I saw theaters were like booing and I was just like, do you not understand that that's, that's how this kind of works? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a snob when I say I saw it coming, but the second it was towards the end when like the spot turns into this multiversal threat that I was like, they've got a lot of shit to deal with. When it was Miles was talking to his mom in earth 42 and she didn't know who spider-man was that's when i was like there's something else going on here and this this is a long movie i was like i'm either going to be sitting here for another hour and a half if they're going to tie everything up or there's going to be a cliffhanger and then i saw the prowler miles and i was like cliffhanger part two which i'm not mad about i mean they did it if any movie's going to do it good this one did it good i mean yeah it's a cliffhanger cliffhangers suck this movie from what's kind of been established isn't gonna take as long to come out as this one did compared to into the spider-verse it's already slated for march 29 2024 yeah yes the uh so i was actually gonna mention this Haley steinfeld was asked about if she's done any voice recording yet and apparently she said no like zero and like i said she took her four years to record for across the spider-verse so this could all just be them hiding things but i would not be upset if they push this movie back like a few years no yeah i mean like I'm... a like a two three four year pushback because i want it to be good yeah. like fantastic but uh no yeah i mean like that wasn't me saying like i believe in this really estate it's more of a from what we can expect from what they've said it's not going to be like, all right, here's a cliffhanger. See you guys in another five years. It takes a decade for movie one to the finale, third film. In my opinion, I think, this is what I like to think, is that if they were planning this close of a release, that they were kind of working on this at the same time, I'm pretty sure, I'm not saying that. You know, I don't even know if it's asked about or anything, but to have a release date that close, that approaching, because, I mean, yeah, it's eight months. Eight months is a short amount of time, given talking about projects and deadlines, and especially a movie of this scale, anything that's yeah. going to theaters, it's a short amount of time. And knowing their competency with the first and second movie, I'm sure they gave that for a reason, but I would not be mad if they pushed it back just to get everything done right. I want it to be 
perfect because they're not going to do more after this. Like, this is it. Beyond the Spider-Verse is going to be the end of the Miles trilogy. Did you see the twist coming that Miles didn't end up at home, but he ended up on Earth-42? Did you know that was coming or no? I did because I noticed pretty early on, I mean, I don't know if this is supposed to be a nod to that he was in the wrong place. Early on, I noticed that his 1610 mom, Rio. Yeah, Rio. Rio, yeah. yeah. Rio Morales. She had brown hair and brown eyes. And when he gets to Earth 42 and he's talking to her, she has green eyes and brown hair. Bro was, bro was doing film on Rio. <laughs> he was he was looking. Hey, hey. <laughs> Calm down. <man, bro. laughs> Bro was, bro was doing, he was doing some studying. He was looking but, at the uh, film and shit. No, that's just like what caught my attention. Because I figured that's, something yeah, was up uh, when he was like talking to her. And I was just like, all right, yeah. something's up. And it kind of just, it was just something small, but it like made me notice like her eye color was different. And then he started talking about it. And I was just like, yep. When he started, like the second he started talking about I'm Spider-Man, I was like, he's in the wrong place. I caught it. I caught it when he activated the computer. Because on the computer, it said to Earth 42. And I was like, holy shit. And it kind of played in more where you see Miguel and everybody. I think it's Miguel, Jess, and then Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. They go back to Earth 1610 to find Miles. And you see the settings change because there's rain in one and Earth 42 and there's not rain on the other. And then you see Gwen outside the window too. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, he really isn't home. And then the lighting was different. And the other thing to me for me that I noticed was his coat was different. Like, his coat on Earth-1610 is black with a red hoodie, but on Earth-42, it was purple with a green hoodie. I thought that was a nice little touch. But the lighting was all different. It looked more not... This, and look, it didn't look the same as Earth-1610. So I thought that was really, really fun and interesting. Speaking of lighting, how did you like Gwen's world? Gwen's... That universe? was... Oh my god, it was so good. It was beautiful. I thought, I mean, honestly, dude, I thought that was, like, the most beautiful scenes in this movie were from Gwen's universe. Oh, yeah. Because of the, like, the paintbrush, the artistic style, like, I don't know, man, something about that just hit different. Especially with how they conveyed the emotions and everything, I was like, damn, damn. It's just hitting, it's hitting too hard. (laughs) Um, what was your what was your favorite Easter egg? Cause there's a lot. They did a lot of them. My favorite shit, dude. That's a big ask. My favorite Easter egg. You do yours. I'll try and think of mine, dude. I. I'm Mine's easy. Easy. Donald Glover as the Donald Prowler, Glover. man. Oh, you talking live okay. action? Live yeah. action Donald Glover at that seamless animation melt, like. They threw in Donald, as if you guys didn't know, Donald Glover campaigned to be Miles Morales early on in his career in acting. I think it was like early 2000s. And then he ended up actually voicing, I think, Miles in an animated show, if I'm correct. Then he, he was actually the live action version of Uncle Aaron, Aaron Davis, in the MCU, Spider-Man Homecoming. As you guys know, Aaron Davis becomes the Prowler in uh, the Spider-Verse, but... Here, Aaron Davis is the Prowler, and people assume that's from the MCU's canon. So that'd be kind of fun to see how he got captured, or if that is the MCU's Prowler. It's hard. <clears throat> I do. I did like the. I think I like the. I guess I'll say the Lego. It's a place. The Lego one from. was pretty cool. The and Lego one was pretty cool. Did you know that that was animated by like a fourteen-year-old? Yeah, and he did a little trailer. Yeah, because he did the trailer for the the movie, and they were like, "Yo." Get on the movie, bro. 
That that like that just fourteen. That, that's on your resume, bro. Dude, I know. Just casually, I, I worked on Across the Spider Verse. It was such a good scene too. Like all the Lego oh, scenes were amazing, and it's just like that. I guess the like the the heartfelt meaning behind it, behind that cameo, made it a lot better for me. Like finding yeah. that out like today, I was just like, oh shit, really? This kid's this kid's goaded, dude. This kid's standing with the Honestly. greatest right now. Bro's got the biggest flex for the rest of his life. Yeah, just break down the, across the Spider-Verse. You might have heard of it. No big deal. Puts it in his Tinder bio when he turns 18. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was cool to see um, Spider-Man PS4 voiced by Yuri Lowenthal again. Great. Yeah. Great addition. Um, I liked... Uh, did you know that Spider-Man that says, you got give it up, Miles, you got nowhere to go, right before he jumps out of the tower? That's Metro Boomin, actually. Really? <laughs> Yeah, that's Metro Boomin. Oh yeah, pretty- yeah, like the one that's in like the black yeah. outfit. Yeah, yeah, um, that's Metro Boomin, which is pretty funny. I liked uh, the Gunslinger Spider Man. Yeah, he was just like cool. drawn one, and he just like three, two, and Miles just shoots him on like two. He's <laughs> like, you didn't wait. <laughs> that was fun. I just like seeing all the different Spider people. I think it's so so fun. They had a spectacular Spider-Man in there. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty cool. cool from his his animated show, right? Mm-hmm. I was trying um, to look for the because uh, I grew up on the '90s one, the one where Peter oh, Parker looks yeah. like like a Chad. Yeah, he's like jacked, you know, like the head full of hair. Bro is huge. Yeah, I was trying to look for him, but there were so many other things to keep on the lookout for. There was, I think, was Ultimate Spider-Man in there, like the one um, that bridge between spectacular and the amazing i think so that's voiced by josh keaton right is he ultimate spider-man i think that's i think he was there there was there was a ton i mean obviously they did homages to toby and andrew i was honestly surprised they did that because i didn't think they would they also mentioned uh mcu spider-man uh miguel does to gwen at the vulture fight that was pretty fun that's in the trailer as well who else like they have a, it's, it's a whole thing. I was looking for Iron Spider. I grew up on like the uh, what Spider-Man game has it. I think there's like Web of Shadows. It's like a game on the Wii. I played Bro, it on the Wii. And that game is goaded. It is. Or yeah, Web of Shadows. It's Web of Shadows. Yeah, yeah. it's Web of Shadows. And uh, you get the Iron Spider outfit in there, and I always thought it was the coolest outfit. I was on the lookout for him and Ultimate Spider-Man from the GameCube game, but. Uh... I figured that'd have been hard to uh, fit in. There was there was a lot. They did so much. Four and, years in the making. Yeah, and they cut out a lot, from what I heard. Yeah. Well, because couple- this movie's already long. It's two sixteen for an animated movie. That's crazy. It didn't feel long though. That's the thing. Is like. No, I thought it was paced very well. Which is why like, because- I'm excited to go through this again and kind of see how that holds up a second time. Now that I know everything, but. You know, I'm still gonna love it, dude. I can already tell you right now. Oh yeah, it it won't change. It's gonna be top ten comic books of, movies of all time for sure. Can I just mention though that shout out to Sony for this one, dude? As much yeah, as yeah, Sony actually won for once. For real, as much as we've shit on Sony for uh, you know, like I know a while ago when this whole Spider-Man debate was going on, everybody was shitting on Sony. They're like, "Yo, dude, like." Just give over Spider-Man to Marvel just so he can be in the MCU, no problem, and you can have a big Marvel happy family. And, like, to be honest, I wasn't that big in the debate, but I was kind of like, yeah, screw you, Sony. 
but mm. without Sony having the rights to this, there is a chance this trilogy, this movie, does not come out. Oh, I know. And the fact that these two movies have come out under Sony's umbrella of the Spider-Man, yeah. insane. I feel like it redeems that whole debate from back Oh, then. it does for sure, because, like, they... I don't think Disney has a say in this at all. Like, it's all Sony. I want to actually look at the numbers from Across the Spider-Verse. Um, see how much money they made for opening weekend. It's got to be huge. It was like a billion? No. No, I'm that'd tripping. be wild. A I'm billion tripping. in a weekend? I have tripping. Oh, oh, it's pretty good. Numbers are pretty good. Uh, so domestic, we're at 148.7 mil. International, 87.9 Worldwide, we're at 236,613. What was the budget? So that's budget, budget, it should. Box Office Mojo usually has the budget. No, it does not. I, I One up. thing I do want to mention, which is a kind of throwback to our older episode of when we talked about the Tobey Maguire trilogy. You remember Avi Arad? Yes, I do. The guy who fucked Spider-Man 3 up? Yep. He was the lead producer on this movie. No shit. I There's saw that no dude way. and I was like, yo, how? How, bro, dude? Bro probably, there's no way, dude. He had to, like, barely... He probably had to be funding, like, just enough where they're like, all right, you get you get lead. Um, the budget, though? 100 million. So they're already in a net profit. Well, you assume with uh, marketing and everything, it's 200 million just to... You double it. So they're yeah. already in a profit and just in one weekend alone. I think yeah. it's more or less out for everything. So, yeah, they're they're doing numbers. They're Good gonna, for them, man. I th- yeah, I think I think they'll make. I think it'll push six hundred worldwide. I, mean, I think uh, that's just pretty, a base a off three watches alone, in my opinion. Oh yeah, um, so I think I think they're on the right track. I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, good for them, man. This whole team deserved it they really showed throughout this movie and the last they love this shit and they love the source material and they did a good job with it so they deserve every cent that goes their way yes summer 23 has got some movies this year though i mean guardians uh they had i haven't seen guardians yet you haven't seen guardians bro i watched it i cried i sobbed really yeah it's good and I hated Guardians 2. I think Guardians 2 is garbage. I loved the first one. I liked the first one. I liked the second one. It was in my... No, it wasn't in my... It might have been in my top five Marvel movies. It wasn't in my top three MCU movies. Um, Yeah, I haven't seen Guardians 3. I've been kind of waiting for that one to hit streaming because I didn't know how it was going to go because I figured they would have... I don't know, done something different. And then with the whole story with how the MCU timeline's going, I was like, alright, well, a lot of these recent Marvel movies and shows have been busts, in my opinion. With a few exceptions. That it's kind of like, what's the point of really seeing it in theaters? And then it came out and everybody's like, damn, this is good. And I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. now Cross the Spider-Verse is coming out next week, so... Sorry. And you got the Flash, bro? You got the Flash coming up. The Flash. Yeah, I'm excited for the Flash, except, like, dude, if I could just spot Ezra Miller out of this movie and put in what's his name <laughs> Grant Justin 
Grant Gustin, bro, Grant he's G- not meant for movies. He's not. Meant he's for not meant for movies, but dude, I, re- I mean, with all this Ezra Miller shit, I'd rather have him in there. Yeah, I my perfect recast for him was Austin Butler. Oh, Elvis, the guy who played Elvis. No, not sorry, not Austin Butler. Different white boy, uh, <laughs> Ross Lynch. Ross Lynch. Oh, I think from he uh, what, what's that a- Disney Channel show? Elliot <laughs> AJ. He was Jeffrey Dahmer, but he's a really good actor. I think he could be a really good Barry Allen. Yeah, yeah, I think. But I haven't seen him since Austin and Alley, so. I mean, neither have I. But based on a couple of clips I've seen, I'm like, eh, bro can do it. Throw him in there. Throw him in there. Throw him in there. But yeah, I think so. that's all we had on Spider Verse. Um, at least for me. You got anything else you want to say? No, I was just about to bring up closing remarks. Um, the spot. I thought the spot was cool. I spot was very cool. Do you know who voiced the spot? No. no I'm for some reason thinking of the guy from Prisoners, the weirdo guy. Never, never. Oh, Paul Dano? No, the other guy. The other guy who's like weird who had all the snakes. I never watched Prisoners. I no. only know Paul Dano, Hugh Jackman, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Are in it. You see The Dark Knight? Yeah. You know the guy who uh, Harvey Dent takes into the ambulance? Who's wearing the... Oh, that guy? Yeah. I know it's not yeah, that guy. It? I don't think it's that guy, but... That's He's just really who I pictured guy. when I pictured the spot. Good job at making a seemingly loser villain turn out to be, like, something crazy. But I had a feeling that the second they showed him in the trailer as, like, a joke, I was like... I'm not saying I expected this, not saying this was supposed to be, like, a plot twist or anything, but I was like, this guy is gonna kick some ass. I knew the second, like, the bread fell out of his stomach, I was like... They want you to think this guy's a pushover. It was Jason Jason Schwartzman is the spot. I don't even know who that is. I probably know the face. He, he's in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, and he's also in Rushmore, which I know him from that. And Scott Pilgrim. I've seen who Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Who is he in Scott Pilgrim? Um, that's what I'm looking at. Because I don't remember who he was in Scott Pilgrim. Anyways, we're rambling. Great job by that guy. Gideon Gordon. Gideon Gordon. I'll have to look it up because these are just names to me. Yeah, anyways, my bad. Great movie, great job by him. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really. Animation, better than the first. Art, better than the first. Story, on par with the first. Everything else... They just not, they just knocked out of the park. Usually sequels flop, they do not. This is the they perfect, are not them. This is the perfect example of a perfect sequel. Like oh yeah, builds on everything set up in the first, distinguishes itself, and learns. And that's exactly what happened. They it is the Empire Strikes Back of yep. the modern era for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Nah, it's uh, what was the second? What was the eighth Star Wars movie? That's the Empire Strikes Back of this generation. <laughs> the Last Jedi? Yeah, was that the second one in the trilogy? Of the sequels, yeah. Yeah. The Last yeah. Jedi is the Empire Strikes Back of our generation. That's true. I like The Last Jedi, personally. <laughs> anyways. Even anyways. mad that I'm roasting it. <laughs> anyways. That's All a right. story. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um... If you had any thoughts about Across the Spider-Verse that we did not mention, or that you just want to give your thoughts on and you agreed with us, reach out to our social media, 
We're going to have it linked in the description below. And you know what? Go enjoy this movie again if you've already seen it. Because Go spend your hard-earned money on this movie because they deserve it more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're unemployed, ask mom and dad for some allowance. Go get some money and go see it. Or just go to the movies. Well, no, don't even pirate the movie. You need to pay them. Yeah, to you see need to movie. How could you? Yeah. Even, how could you even think of that, Ethan? Come on, man. You can pirate other movies, just not this one. Yeah. How about that? Pirate Thor: Love and Thunder, and yeah. then go pirate that. Them. Pirate Transformers: Rise of the Beast. I don't care. Just watch this movie. Ooh, I'm supposed to see that. I heard it sucked. Mid. I heard it's mid, probably. But all right, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been the Egg Tour Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios, gamers.